Welcome to Cosmic You, the podcast where we explore the depths of spirituality, self-discovery, and the mysteries of the universe. I'm Holly. And I'm Bree. Through our journey, we've discovered that the universe is a reflection of our inner selves, and by exploring the cosmos, we can discover new insights which guide us to unlock our true potential. Each week, we'll be diving into a new topic related to spirituality, inviting guests along the way who are experts and thought leaders in their field to join us to share their unique insights and perspectives. Throughout conversations, we hope to inspire you to discover the sacred within yourself and the world around you. We are so excited to embark on this journey with you. Welcome to Cosmic You. Welcome back to our final episode of the Cosmic You podcast for 2023. This week is a super exciting episode. We have a guest that we've been hoping to get on all season and she has finally agreed to and has arrived in the studio with us. My beautiful, incredible and talented psychologist, Beck. So Beck's actually been a psychologist, what, for over 10 years now. But yeah. What's super incredible about Beck's work, and I can completely, um, what's the word, vouch for it, <laughs> is how she incorporates all of her holistic modalities and her genuine empathy in each session. So I, before I met Beck, I actually tried to find a psychologist that I could work with for years, and I found it really challenging. And it wasn't until I actually met Beck that I felt safe and secure enough in opening up and actually able to process things. So yeah, we're in really safe hands today and I'm really excited for the conversation that we're going to have. So before we jump in though, Beth, we like to ask all of our podcast guests what their cosmic code is. So the cosmic code is your sun sign in astrology, your life path number in numerology and your energy type in human design. So what's yours? Okay, so I'm Life Path 34-7. I'm Sun Sign Cancer and Energy Type Projector. Nice. So Hole's actually a projector as well. So oh, yeah. you guys are both <laughs> able to birth really big ideas into the world. And then it's your seven energy that makes you, it's really beautiful. The seven life path number is the number that allows you to bridge your holistic side with your scientific side. And because you're so incredibly intelligent, because seven's the number of intelligence, um, you're able to create a lot of bridges for people who may not be able to find the different paths and you're able to bring that together. So I'm all for that. No wonder as well with your cancer energy, you feel so warm and cozy when, when people come into sessions. Well, that's nice. I had a quick Google and apparently we're 22% of the population, Holly. So that, feels, that feels special too. Really? That's not as much as I thought it would be. There you go. I was going to say someone else who can relate to the um, energy not always being there 24-7 and the needing to just rest. Do you find that? I really enjoyed reading that part. I mean, literally I Googled it just <laughs> when you told me that what I was before and I was reading it thinking this makes a whole lot of sense. I, I was laughing about how I'm not cut out for full-time work. I need a nap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can relate. <laughs> So many times I get a message from Hole like, yeah, just woke up from a nap. <laughs> like I was just zonked for like, you know. Someone said to me on the weekend I did like this fun little um, 
weekend recap on my Instagram story because I love reading like other people's weekend recaps. I'm like, oh, like that's nice. And so I did one and someone wrote back to me and they were like, are you ovulating little projector friend? That's a lot for you. And I was like, did you not read the bit where I said I was horizontal all day Saturday? (laughs) So yeah, as a fellow projector, take horizontal rest. (laughs) Yeah, I feel justified now. That was really validating. I enjoyed it. Yeah, totally. It's worth coming on the podcast just for that then. (laughs) Tell us about your journey. How did you get into psychology, into blending all of the um, holistic kind of side of things with psychology? And yeah, how did you land here? Yeah, oh, I ask myself this a lot, how I even came to be um, in this field. And depending on the day is, is the answer, whether it's trying to rescue myself, trying to rescue my family, having... Yeah, being fascinated with the psyche, probably all those factors. I remember when I was a kid, I actually wanted to be a school teacher, but uh, I think I saw a psychologist in a TV show and they were just the most warm, nurturing, just stereotypical sort of psychologist. And I just remember watching it and, and the idea that you would always know what to say. I just had this idea in my head that being a psychologist meant that you'd always know what to say, you'd always say the right thing, which is, you know, the people pleaser in me coming out when I was seven or however old I was, just (laughs) wishing that I could somehow always say the right thing and then being attracted to that profession, which is hilarious, Um, but worth reflecting on. Yeah. I feel like the people pleaser thing is so big for so many people, right? Mm. Yeah, especially women. Is that, yeah. Yeah, I was say, is that something you see come up a lot in sessions? Yeah, interesting. I don't work with men, so I can't speak to that as much. I mean, I, I'm thinking about some male friends and I can see it in them as well. But, yeah, with the female population, that's a, a pretty consistent theme. Um, and whether it's whether you call it people-pleasing or the inability to hold a boundary or feeling like holding a boundary evokes a whole lot of guilt and shame and self-doubt, however it comes up, that's, yeah, we've, we've been there pretty commonly. With such a common experience coming through, is there some advice or tools that you'd recommend, I don't know, that people could kind of start with if they can't? come and see a psychologist or a different practitioner oh my gosh so so having this journey about um how to be supporting of, of people at the moment and this is what took me so long to get here on this podcast because I had a real crisis of of career I'm just thinking what what is the point of me I was seeing a real theme of people coming in the dark night of the soul style experiences which I've been doing a lot of research on it seems to be the general consensus that the dark night of the soul is a crisis that comes with a purpose it's got there's a purpose there and uh, as you know I work pretty specifically with women who have had toxic relationships whether in partners parents someone in their bosses whoever doesn't matter the impact is, is similar. Uh, and, and to me, 
that is the awakening. It's it's that is the dark night of the soul, and it brings into such dark light this unworthiness, this needing to earn love, all these things that are so untrue. And they're bringing them all up, and they're here, and so people are coming to me. And unless you're, uh, I don't know whether it was just you were meant for me at that time, we can really get somewhere. Like I, I've had clients, I, I'd say about a handful that I recognise were my people. They were meant for me, and I can really, we can get somewhere. And then I found the rest. Um, <laughs> might want strategies maybe it's sort of like a band-aid so you can just sort of patch it over Mm. and then project it onto everybody else me included and sort of continue on their way and I just thought am I helping Mm. or do these people need to break I'm putting band-aids on and they just need to break so I just I felt really lost, yeah. And when you say break, you mean like just they just need to collapse fully into that dark night? Absolutely. Just open into it and they're trying to come to me and say, well, help help me get some strategies. Give me some strategies so I can stay at this high stress job so I don't have to take time off so I, Mm. you know, whatever it is in their life and sure like I can and I can I can work with you and we can do some clearing of the trauma enough to sort of get the pressure cooker lid back on but who's that helping (laughs) just to push it all back in we can let enough steam out so you can get the lid back on and you can keep with your head just above water for maybe a little bit longer until life throws you the next thing to wake up um so I I backed off and I'm still not sure where I sit with that though I'm I'm learning I'm learning and I'm I mean I'm learning because I'm in the school of hard knocks myself like the only reason I'm I know this is because I'm I've done the dark night and that was like six years ago it was hell on earth I'm not um I won't romanticize it. Like it was blood, sweat, tears, shit. Like it's bad. Mm. And I so I have so much. I just I have so much for people that are there. But as far as what I can do for you, have the strategies while you're there. I mean, I can. I can hold you and I can love it for you while you hate me because I love it for you. What what else can I do? Mm. It's a hard one, isn't it? Even like I'm sure, Hold, you see this with your some of your clients too, right? Mm. Yeah, for sure. Wanting that that quick fix instead of sitting yeah. with things. Totally. And I think it is that... Um, like what I think about when you talk about the dark night of the soul is like a lot of representation of the goddesses in yoga. Like a lot of them are about creative destruction. Like it's destruction, but for a creative purpose. So like things have to fall apart 
things have to break, structures, systems, beliefs, habits have to crumble so that things can be very purposely put back into alignment, like true alignment for someone's soul purpose or soul happiness, like just this joy. And um, I think so much of life kind of does crack us open. And then I almost feel like it is the people pleaser tendency that doesn't allow it to crack open because like, I don't know if this is a thing or just like a thing that I have inside of my head is we do have this people pleaser tendency with other people, but like how much are we also trying to like please a particular part of ourself or like a particular identity or belief that we have about ourselves. So it's like that, that doesn't let us crack open because we're like almost trying to hold our shit together Mm. for us. Cause it like, I don't know. yeah. Yeah. And I think, like even the pressure cooker and I, I love a good analogy and I use a pressure cooker quite often. So I'm like, <laughs> the only way you can actually get the pressure cooker lid open again is to literally let out all the steam. Otherwise you can't enjoy the nourishment that has been cooking away inside. So if you don't actually let out all of the steam, so all of the pressure goes, you're never going to get the nourishment that's inside of the pressure cooker. Um, and like, so lame but even when you do start to press the thing it's like whoa like it makes you feel a little bit like oh that's intense um and I just think that's a perfect analogy for like what is happening to us all the time and like you said you can just let off a little bit of steam but for how long like and I totally resonate to that idea of it does feel tricky when you're in that you know wanting to help people um And knowing that unless the environment changes, like the actual thing that is causing all of this stress or, you know, pain in someone's life, unless that starts to, you know, shift, then it is kind of just like that Band-Aid, which is okay. You know, sometimes we need Band-Aids, but sometimes we need far more than Band-Aids. And, yeah, I mean, that's interesting. The environment has to change. I. I think in some in some respects I agree with that and others I think it's such uh, an internal resistance uh, but also I, and this is again I'll speak from my experience so this is I'm learning this so after the dark night of the soul apparently comes the dark night of the spirit okay so I only I'm learning honestly I'm not professing to know anything really about this at all except um like self-help book subscriber number one so (laughs) I'm learning I'm learning I love it I'm always learning so the dark night of the spirit stuff so I feel like I'd come out of the dark night of soul that was many 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 years ago and and then I found myself uh on paper every psychologically safe physically safe, financially safe, all the safes, all the safes, no reason to be feeling unsafe in my body. And it just came back with a vengeance this year. Oh my gosh, to the point where these triggers and they were coming up in areas I really value. I've journaled a lot about this and I've channeled or I've downloaded whatever I don't know I'm new to all that too and that's a whole nother story but it's telling me it was it will pick the thing you value because you listen you listen to that because you you value that so it's giving me the challenge so it was my son it was my son and my partner actually 
um, particularly my son, who was triggering me to the point of feeling so unsafe in my body. And he's seven, like he wants physical affection. He's sensory. He's a boy. He's in my face. He's loud. He's grabbing at me and just, and, and sensitive as. So picking up on me, pulling away and it broke my heart. But at the same time, the discomfort in my body, I can't, I, you know, in psychology, we use things called SUDS. It stands for sudden units of distress and you've got to rate yourself you know, and as a psychologist, you don't sort of let people go above seven. You don't want to overwhelm them. I would honestly say that sometimes when he would be in my physical space or doing other things, I would be like a 10. I would just want to rip my skin off. It was so much. And so that really got me back into this work again of what is going on I mean the environment can't change there right like my son's my son you know I'm not that internal not environment relinquishing care, but not 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 an option so I really had to just coming back I'm, I'm being on a bit of a, a ramble but coming back to that point I was making about the environment I really had to go and look at what was going on and what I, I and this has been my change of framework and really my struggle with psychology and, and psychology as it wants to define itself as a science, which is great, all for evidence-based practice, but so much more than we can understand going on. And I started to play with my own play because it's all I had, right? I just I'm so so lost. I started to play with my own internal reactions to him and I felt my heart shut down like I felt my whole body just close and so I'm like okay that's great to know that's all I had at that point I'm like what what what's it like to be open and and I I had to just experiment with that and I would find things that felt different I don't know whether other people have the same opening closing sensation (laughs) it's just me but I'm sure everybody has their own way of defining it or describing it but I was playing around with feelings of openness and close and, and it would take me sometimes days to open again it would take days of searching for things in my environment that would bring a feeling of safety again. And I just worked so hard, honestly, day after day, opening over and over. And then weird stuff started happening. It just, I complete, it's completely changed how I view, hence the sort of the work crisis, how I view therapy how I view what I'm even doing with people. I felt, and this is, you know, Brie, we were talking about projectors and and what you said of of finding a more time-efficient way of doing something. I feel like I've been my own guinea pig for seven, eight years now of working on this, and I've gotten to the point where I can teach you this skill. I can teach people this skill in 15 minutes. 15 minutes is what it would take to learn this. I've, 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 and I've practiced. I've got clients that I'll, I'll practice with. 
and it works it works and it's it's releasing and oh, I don't really understand it but from what I'm watching it happen for people is it's releasing trauma through energy systems and getting that energy flow and honestly in my experience if you can do that if you can devote your time to doing that wherever you are you don't have to take time off work I mean I have I've got the luxury of that you don't have to you can do it anyway if you devote yourself to this your life will change everything will change but what I'm also finding is people don't want to I'm like standing up here to my clients going guys I've got I've got it I've got the key finally I'm like the blind leading the blind but hey I've got you and I love you and let's walk <laughs> this together and all these years of that and maybe I'm like a few steps further than you in the path but I'm pretty honest with like I know what's just ahead of you but beyond that I have no idea whereas this felt like oh I, I get it all your all this discomfort this physiological discomfort you're resisting you're resisting reality and in these relationships, we pick these people and then we spend our whole time resisting what's right in front of us, what's right there. And I'm only speaking for these toxic relationships that I'm, I'm really well versed in. But in whatever, you can you could look at it in whatever. And in my experience with my son, like I'm resisting, I'm resisting the sensoriness of him. I'm shutting it down and... When I just kept opening to it, don't get me wrong, this wasn't a one-time thing or it all went away. I worked so hard on that and and got somewhere and and yeah, I've I've sort of I've come and said, guys, like here we go, I've got it. And and the feedback I'm getting is we don't want to. And that baffled me and I had to step away I got this message I just with my clients it just was you're not helping them stop you're not helping them so I I, I just can't I said sorry I'm I'm out and and I you know ethically and, and code of conduct and all of that with psychology that's a questionable choice but it really came to me that I was not helping and so now I keep getting the message that I just, I am learning and I, I need to inspire and not influence. And I think I was trying to influence, hey, guys, come with me. I've got, I've got it. Follow me. But uh, I don't know that that works. So I'm spending a lot of time in the bush and with my geese. I love geese. Okay, there you go. There's a strategy. If you get some geese, relationship. Watch geese. Watch a documentary on geese. Do something. It will be we need a geese expert on now. In, messages come from everywhere, but honestly, these geese and this faith in men. It's. I mean, I've got a good one now. It's great. But before that, I wasn't sure they existed, but. Just seeing geese think, all right, the animal kingdom, it's not this. I mean, it maybe in some respects it is this dog-eat-dog thing, but on the whole, there, there's some hope. We can hope. This is so I, I love it. Complete tangent. But anyway, back to the, back to the, the therapy. Yeah. I think it was therapy. Jesus. 
Peace as therapy. That that could be. I, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with my with my career, but it's not what it looked like. Maybe it's working with geese as as animals. <laughs> I'm so open, honestly. I don't know what it's going to look like. But what I am learning is that what I have have to offer at the moment, I'm not sure people want. So what's super interesting from a numerology point of view is that from your birthday this year, you actually started your seven um, personal year and your seven personal year is like one of one of the hardest, if not the hardest year, because basically it's a year when you're asked to go through a period of personal and spiritual growth. It's when you are forced to go inside so that you can reassess everything that's happened over the last um, six or seven years and you can actually start to think, okay, does this still serve me now? Is this who I want to be? Is this still is this how I want to turn up in the world? And you start to question everything. You need more time alone because your mind's more active than normal and your, your bridge between um, like the 3D and the 5D, like opening up that third eye, it's a lot easier because you're being asked to connect to something greater than yourself so that you can transform all of these old programs so that next year when on your birthday when you start your eight year that's when you step back into your power but you step back into your power from this place that's actually more authentic and aligned and so everything you're describing is just you're you're so in sync with your nine year cycle so if that gives you any solace like you're doing exactly what you're meant to be doing during this year so yeah well that that's fantastic because I have felt like I've been going crazy (laughs) (laughs) you're just adjusting just adjusting to the new um yeah your new cycle that you're about to start in a year and a half big big times but yeah it's all part of the cycle it's all part of the the journey absolutely I think it's really nice also for listeners to hear that like, you know, because I think it's a common thing at some point in everyone's life that the career thing feels like, I don't know if this is like where I've been going is like the thing anymore or like it just changes and transforms in some way. Um, And I think that's just really comforting. I don't know when people can just openly express that and share their experience because it is something that so many people go through and you talk to people all the time about you know not feeling themselves anymore or and actually like allowing yourself to follow that this doesn't feel like me anymore so I'm going to go spend time to figure out what does feel like me again yeah Mm. powerful yeah it it is and I understand the challenge in that because if I think about yeah what I'm struggling with at the moment with psychology, like it's seven years to get registered. It's it's so much work and and it's great. It's a it's a wonderful I don't I don't want to discourage anybody else that's thinking about going on that path. But to turn around at some point now and think and and again I'll say it again, I, I think it's it is important that psychology is has sort of tried to ground itself in the sciences and have that that evidence base even though i think it's it's sort of 
keeping it from going where it probably would be most helpful, but it offers a vulnerable a vulnerable population protection in that. So I think that's important. However, now coming from someone who I don't know, I didn't even I didn't know my life path number and I didn't know my energy type and I everything has to be evidence-based. And so coming suddenly having these experiences of like <laughs> I don't know, what would you even call it? <laughs> Um, you're chopping your garlic and something comes and just says to you, like, will you help me? And you look up from your garlic chopping board and you sort of feel into that and think, yeah, I'll do that. And then your phone rings and you've got a client who's who's just said, I'm looking through this directory and you you felt right. Like two seconds after you've just said yes, and you're having these experiences, like that's just one. How could this million? You're having these experiences that I just didn't have the framework for that made me rethink how I come to psychology. I mean, I I can get disbarred for talking about crystals, for talking about homeopathy, for talking about channeling things like I. That's not evidence-based. I can't do that. I lose my license for that. And so I'm stuck now thinking, okay, I've I'm I'm ch- I can't even say it. Hey, I'm gonna say it. I'm channeling that you're actually what you've come with isn't what you're telling me you've come with. It's grief. You've got unprocessed grief somewhere. You there's an accident you've had in your life. I'm all I'm getting is accident. I can't do that and and I don't know if people even want me to but it sort of brings into a really stark like well then what's the point clearly I don't know if everybody can do that I don't necessarily I think they can to some extent but you know I'm sort of talking to people and it doesn't it's not like as as, as clear as it seems to be coming in for me I think that's a gift and if I can't use that in the framework that I'm I'm in and I've worked so hard to be in and stay in, then what does that mean? And I don't even want to know right now. Isn't that so interesting after what you just said about your clients and you're like, I'm the same guys. Like I'm not ready. I'm not ready for this 15 minute like shift either. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see like the, I don't know what you would call it, but the framework in which psychologists can practice within, do you see the potential for that opening up or not really? Oh, yes, I do. And it's funny because EMDR I love, right, and it's all the rage at the moment. It's new. It's been passed evidence-based-wise. It's on the Medicare as a Medicare rebate now. It wasn't previously. That only came in, oh, gosh, last year, the year before. All it is, all AMD, I mean, they'll tell all the science behind it. They don't know. It's all theories. All I see it is that it is. It's it's distracting your mind, distracting your monkey mind, distracting your working memory to access that subconscious, to access the energy that I'm talking about. So I think it it is open to those things it's just not 
not in the way we might want it to look like, a little bit more uh, less taboo to mm. be saying words like channeling and saying words like altered state of consciousness. Mm. Those are still taboo words mm. in psychology. You don't throw those around. Um, altered state of consciousness more so. But I think EMDR is an altered state of consciousness. It is. And and so there's still and and other modalities as well. CBT not so much, but if you take CBT as a, a cognitive behavioral therapy, it stands for it's very much a thought-based process, very much mind, fixing the problems of the mind with the mind. I don't have a lot of time for it. Mm-hmm. But I do have a lot of time for a therapist that was doing that modality that had such an open heart because the energy of just sitting in a room with someone that could just give open-hearted energy would do more than any of any of the rest of it. Mm. It makes me think as well, like I know um, that you naturally attract people who have had these toxic relationships, but I wonder if you're actually also attracting people who are searching, like for like like me, who are searching for a psychologist who can see more than the science. Because just going to someone who only used talk therapy, who only used scientifically proven strategies, that doesn't that didn't resonate at all for me. Like mm. I needed, like, and I like I always say to people that you're very spiritual. <laughs> And, like, we don't even talk about that, but, like, it's just that felt connection, Jim, and you can just feel it. It feels different, like you were saying, to be held by someone who is tuned into something greater than this piece of paper, like this science, because ultimately we're all just energy. So I wonder if even just you, without even doing anything, I wonder if just by shifting that and allowing those people to come in they'll probably just naturally mm. find you like they like the last crew did mm. Mm. I, well, that's funny I like that you say that I'm spiritual I, you, I think you knew that before I knew that mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I only just knew that but uh, yeah that's that's like a month or two old for me wow. to ever define myself as that uh that's very new I mean I love it it's fun it's fun it's oh gosh yeah I've got (laughs) got my little team that just sort of presents itself to me here and there and I just cool join the crew that's great but um (laughs) yeah if look and you know I was gonna say that actually I mean and that's great you've given me the opportunity to Keeping this relatively anonymous, I mean, you know I'm back. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Um, but if you, if you, if anyone out there is listening to this, however it might get to you, and you feel like you're struggling and this has just punched you in the chest as, as someone like, oh, this person would be helpful for me, this person gets it, um, you guys have an email address, don't you, or you have a way of contacting you? You have, you have social media, yeah? Yep. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't. Don't. Don't tag me in anything. Don't. I'm not. I don't even have it. So people send me messages. I don't get it, and then they are offended, and I just. I don't have. I don't use it anymore. Um. But send send free, 
Well, Holly, just but you have to use the subject line in the email or in the contact on the in the contact whatever that I punched you in the chest because I don't want you to <laughs> do way. it. <laughs> Seriously, because don't I don't want you to do it. Oh, I oh geez, I maybe I should like I should do that. I've been meaning to do that, or I want to get around to do that, or sounds like whatever. Because I'll it's free. I'll do it free. This is I'm learning. I'm not saying that I'm. I'm knowing what's going on. If you if you want to come and I've been doing it for a really long time, so don't think that you won't be in safe hands. You will, but it has to have punched you in the chest that this person is my person. If I'm your person, then reach out with that with that subject line to these guys, and I'll let's do it. They'll put you in touch with me. Uh, and if if you can't write those lines, if you can't bring yourself to put you punched me in the chest in the subject line, then I'm not for you. You'll find someone else. There'll be someone else. That's all right. Well, that email, if anyone needs, is hellocosmicq at gmail.com. Subject line, punched in the chest, by back. Whatever, to that degree, if you need. (laughs) Good. I'll pop them in the show notes. It's funny um, thinking back, like, to the start of um, our journey and I remember walking into our first session and I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. Like I've just got like one or two things. Like I probably just need like maximum two sessions. <laughs> and then like what four years later I'm still like, hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you're one of my people. Yeah. Yeah. I've just I've had and I'm sure I've helped many more, but in terms of punching each other in the chest. <laughs> yeah. There's a handful of people that are meant to be, that have meant to be my, my, my people and have honestly have taught me and helped me as much as I've helped them in ways that they would never understand. You don't think about helping your psychologist when you, and you shouldn't and don't let that cross your mind. It's all energetic, but you do. Mm. I think it's just such like a, um, a woven experience it, it, you probably can't help but influence each other right mm. I remember even like when you were pregnant and I could just feel your energy and you were having all the morning sick sickness thing and I'm like oh bless her like you didn't say anything and <laughs> I'm just sitting there I'm like oh dull <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it's, see, it's all that unspoken stuff too. When someone senses that your energy might not be completely there, you're not completely present, and oh, so much more at play than we can ever understand. I think that people are more aware of that. I think psychologists, particularly, because we talk a lot about self care and that's important. But I think with the with the subtext of don't, unless you're there. And you're energetically there and you're open, you're probably not helping. So I don't know whether I was helping that day. I had morning sickness. You still helped. <laughs> I just felt like I needed to throw you some Reiki back. <laughs> yeah, see? At the same time. Yeah, yeah, which 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 isn't ideal because but I mean it's human nature, isn't it? We just bounce off each other. So and cool. as as empaths, all of us, I think we naturally can't help but help Mm. I mean it's not like you can switch it on and off you we we're in this space for a reason so Mm. 
Mm. Mm, mm. As long as its cup runneth over, not detracting from your mm. cup. But you, you, you. I'm, I'm thinking back to that time, and I'm, I'm getting cup runneth over vibes from, from that memory. So we're good. Yeah, I was. We were fine. You were good. We were, we were great. Uh, so what what are some modalities that have been helping me helping you throughout this year then what are some sort of yeah geese <laughs> yep. I make that point and we laugh about it but do you know what I'm learning when somebody is ready it does not matter what it is it can be anything it will be the thing that you've been putting off doing but then at some point feels right it will be a book honestly the amount of just soul opening just hysterical tears end up just from a novel just from a just from a stop storyline I don't even know what it is it was about overstory it was called environmentals like activists in trees risking their lives I was a mess and <laughs> It didn't matter. It could have been really probably anything at that point. But I suppose what would be a helpful answer? I guess what I'm saying is widen your vision. So so maybe stop trying to look really carefully at what reading the science behind this modality or that modality or who, which celebrity is trying this. Open the blinkers. And you'll see things that you would never have even called modalities or, or ever even called therapy or something helpful before. Just go with it. It will lead you to the next one and the next one and the next one. We often say that on the podcast, actually, is we like just trust what's appearing in front of you and trust that after that thing is ready to leave, that the next one will come through. You only have to know the next step, Jim, and you just have to keep taking a step and just trust that the next one will come. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I will speak to that with um, trauma mm. and how frustrated some people get with that advice. I mean, I get it now and I get it absolutely. I live by it now. Mm. But I understand, I remember the feeling of... I won't swear, but like, what the beep do you even mean? Like, I am torn that many different ways. I don't trust my judgment. I don't trust my judgment down to the clothes I wear, let alone to think of my next step. So, if you're there, I, I absolutely get that too. But again, I'll come back to saying this, and I hope the truth of it punches you in the chest. Of when you feel like that, when you feel you don't trust your judgment, you're resisting reality. You're resisting reality because I'll tell you right now, the reality is you are unconditional love, your unconditional power. You have no idea what you're capable of. And in that moment when you don't know what the next step is and you're hating yourself because why can't I trust my judgment? Why don't I know where I'm going? Why is everybody else moving on with their lives and I'm just drowning? That you are resisting. You are resisting it. And you know the saying, what you resist persists. <laughs> Won't it ever? Won't so it this ever? This is an interesting question, actually. So I'd love to hear your take on it. Randomly, someone 
um, that I don't know but listens to the podcast wrote in and asked me, um, is it wise to purposefully go into a session with like a psychologist or kinesiologist, whoever, to purposely try and um, work through like trauma that's happened in the past? And so it kind of, that question just kind of came out of nowhere for me, but I'd love to hear how you would respond to that. Oh, maybe I've punched that person in the chest. We'll see. Uh, God, why else do people come to therapy? That's why everyone comes to therapy, to to process things that have happened that they have resisted. And don't get me wrong, I don't want, people to think that I'm criticizing them when I'm saying, you know, you're resisting, you're resisting the reality of this unconditional love. Like you have any conscious choice over it. This is when something happens to you that you're not equipped to deal with. Trauma is a physiological response of overwhelm that you can't allow to move through your body because it feels like death. It feels too big. I just, I can't let that in. Why would I ever let that in? That is insane to let that in. And so you resist it and then it gets dark and it gets dark in your body and it comes out as anxiety and migraines and all the, the trauma symptoms. And yes, go and, and work through that. And with a, the geese or the breath work or the novel that's about a character that you resonate with, whatever, but find some way that you can move that energy through your body. Mm. You can, you can, you might need somebody to help you if it's big and it feels mm. like death. I, you have no idea how much I get that, but it, when you know when the when you're when you're with somebody okay in a therapy setting that has no fear for you they're not scared you feel like you're dying absolutely but they love it they just they're dancing their soul there's there's nothing better not worse for the actual client that's experiencing it but you you just you you're held and that's where it's at. So if you can find somebody that will dance while you're drowning, you'll be all right. You'll clear it. And I also think too, like, I think different things come up at different times to be cleared. And sometimes I don't think we need to go digging constantly to like see what else we can unpack because I know for me personally it things have just kind of come up as as they were ready to be cleared or as it was like a current situation like triggered the need to to heal that what do you think Mm, about that okay yeah I hear you with the excavating of the things and two separate thoughts on this so from experience of like mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do it fast I don't have time to like let's just go in there and actually put myself in a state of of shock to the point where and this was 
when I was still in my scientific mind, so I, I haven't sort of reframed it spiritually, but I remember I went for like the neurofeedback. So you, you get the, the brain, you wired up there. Essentially they're reading your brain waves, very science-based sort of therapy. And my brain, I'd put myself in such a state of shock with not knowing which way is up, digging up all these things that my brain couldn't tell whether my eyes were open or shut. So she was getting the same reading on my brain. So I was in such a high beta brainwave, absolute high beta brainwave, which in a, I'm not going to say normal person, you know what I mean, in a, in a, in a person that hadn't gone digging and digging, you'd shut your eyes, you'd come down, you'd come down at a high beta, beta alpha, you'd sort of, you'd drop down, but not me. So I dug and dug and dug and, and really when I say dark night of the soul and I, I say like it was, it was hard and it probably didn't need to be that hard, but I dug and dug and dug because I'm the, you know, overachieving, high-functioning, let's get this shit done. Like that was a great lesson. Okay, cool. Well, I've just, I've, I've broken myself. Um, and then on another, when I said I had two ways to go with that, the other thing is I heard a lady I, I love speak about, she's a therapist, and she said, define yourself but don't use the past. Tell me who you are without any of your traumas. And some people get so angry about that. They don't want to. It defines them. So you listen to the first section, you know, the first part of that and the second part of that, and, and if you don't fall in either of those camps, then yeah. But if you think, oh, gosh, maybe I'm doing that or maybe I'm doing that, maybe maybe do stop for a while. Yeah. I think, yeah, sometimes we get caught up in, in the shoulds instead of like feeling into our body and do you mean like what our spirit guide team are trying to tell us and things like this, like overachieving Brie, the perfectionist Brie. When I first walked into the, that session, I wanted everything to be over now. I just wanted, I was, I'm like, I'm just going to get it done. But now a few years down the track and doing many modalities, many um, different experiences later, I feel like I just have such a different appreciation for the journey and just so much more trust in how things are meant to unfold. And that took time. I'm not saying don't work on yourself. I think you should absolutely prioritize your your like health, your spiritual health, your mental health, your physical health, of course, and your 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 journey. But yeah, now I don't feel like I'm in such a such a rush to know every single thing and it, it just feels like I can enjoy the journey so much more because of that mm. thank god <laughs> mm. yeah that's yeah that's absolutely fantastic and I, I love that you said that it does take time because anyone that's listening to this that's that's having struggles and you feel like it's never going to end well, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. And in the spirit of authenticity, like I'll have panic attacks. I'll still have panic attacks. I, I don't know. Something will come up. It's really hard to predict. Usually it's hormonal, which is helpful. But I can say it's something to do with that. But I don't know if it's ever done. 
it, there's just well, the that's the thing. It's it's just a it's just a continuation, right? Mm-hmm. And Hall, you can probably speak more eloquently to this from a yogi point of view, but that's why I think we can't rush it because our whole life is going to be a series of ups and downs, and it's when you find the peace in this moment that you find peace in life, no matter what's going on. Like last week, for example, I was I freaking mucked up my visa in Vietnam and got thrown into a holding cell in the airport. And like previously, I would have just been panicking the entire time. And I was completely fine. Like I ended up, cra- it ended up cracking me, but only for like 20 minutes. And honestly, three, five years ago, would have been in hysterics on the floor, like panicking, hyperventilating, calling everyone, wake up mum and dad. And like, it, it was just actually a really beautiful moment of like reflection for me being like, oh, you know, everything that I have been doing, although you might not see it all the time, like it's in these moments that you can really see how far you've come and that the work is worthwhile. Mm. And yeah, like the pain and everything is, yeah, mm. gets you to this. Yeah, those moments are great. Absolutely. And so underrated. We all want these big mystic experiences, these big altered states of consciousness, epiphanies, but these just these little things like, oh, I didn't, I don't know, didn't freak out, didn't have a meltdown, didn't eat that or drink that or say that or feel that. Oh, and then you move on. It's only a second. Jeez, that's where it's at. The real human moments. So good. Is there anything else, Beck, that you would like to share with our audience before we go? No, I don't think so. Only that, just say again that if you resist, if there's any, if you're just feeling like you're never going to get any relief from the physical discomfort that comes with anxiety, depression, or even the psychological, the feelings of helplessness and despondency, all of that again absolutely can and it's work and it's wonderful work but it's all resisting reality feeling anything other than complete connectedness that's that's the truth so if you're not feeling that there's something at play in your life there's something you believe that's not true and you've got to find out what it is. What do I believe that's not true, that's acting like a big dam stopping the flow? It might be a whole lot of things. I, I don't know. I'm still finding things like 30, 40 things deep. But you find those beliefs and, and they act like, I think about a beaver, they act like these logs, They act, they build up. And you only realize how much you're resisting, how much you believe that's really not true when you find yourself very low, when life's very hard. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here, Beck, and just sharing everything that you're going through so vulnerably and authentically. I think often it's easy for us to see other people and just assume that they have everything figured out and because you studied this you must know that and you know you've got all the secrets but I think I don't know for me personally it's just 
it's always just so nice when you can have that authentic connection with someone and you realize oh you too you know like we're all in this together and we're all doing the best we can and I think that's really beautiful so everyone Thank you for being here for season one of the Cosmic You podcast. We really, really hope that you have enjoyed hanging out with us and we absolutely cannot wait to connect again in 2024 and see what magic can unfold then. Thanks so much, Beck, for being here. Thanks for having me. That was so much fun. 